Welcome to Happy Times and Places, a positively inclined Doctor Who episode commentary podcast in which I, Toby Haydock, try to see if I can guess my special guest's favourite things about their chosen Doctor Who episode. Hello Toby, this is Jim Sangster. You know that guy from Liverpool who keeps popping up on the DVD extras? The story I've chosen for you to watch is the very first one, but not the very first episode. <laughs> I don't want it to be that easy for you. No, we're going to watch the Cavemen episodes. You know the ones some older fans call the Tribe of Gum. So that's Cave of Skulls, Forest of Fear, The Firemaker. The reason why I'd like you to watch these three rather than the whole thing is everyone rightly praises the first episode. It's a TV masterpiece. But they usually dismiss the next three. And I genuinely love it all. Thanks to the the Five Faces repeat series in 1981, that was the first time I saw William Hartnell as the Doctor, and I loved how dark and moody it all was, watching it across a week in November when it was all dark and moody outside. Well, hello everybody. Welcome to, should we call it the Tribe of Gum, or 100,000 BC, or An Unearthly Child episodes two three and four call it whatever you like i will know what you mean either way so therefore the uh, uh, the words that you have used have conveyed your meaning which is all that is required uh and any further discussion is unnecessary i noticed by the way that jim sankster who uh by the way, um, is one of the most creative people imaginative. He showed me a, a creative people ever. Uh, he showed me a, a, a brilliant um, war machine that he'd uh, printed off with a 3D printer. I mean, any of those words going together, um, even 10 years ago, would have sounded to me like magic. Um, but he creates his own his own Doctor Who figures at home. He's an absolute genius. Um, but look... Yeah, Jim has chosen, I think, rather cleverly so that we don't get overshadowed by that first episode, which means somebody is still to choose that, which is interesting. I think that's going to be one of the easiest ones to do. Anyway, stop talking, Toby. And note to self, stop saying interesting. Whenever I say interesting, there's a klaxon goes off that goes, I don't think that's particularly interesting. Right, we are going to start by travelling back to the dawn of time with episode so episodes it's actually we're starting with episode two uh so we go to so i'm i'm on the dvd the wonderful beginnings uh dvd a box set uh so let's do this press play in three two one uh there we go now is this about the almost the the least thought of uh three episodes in the whole of doc two they're never episodes i've given an awful lot of thought to uh, because they are overshadowed by the first night uh, i like jim sangster saw these for the first time as part of the five faces of doctor who uh, which was a repeat season uh between doctors four and five in order to bridge the gap Leslie Bates there uh, has history as Shadow of Cal, uh, whereas uh, actual Cal is Jeremy Young. So uh, those 
were done at different times those even though this is on film as well um uh, and also you wouldn't hire an actor um to play i don't think jeremy young was cast when the shadow shot was done anyway um but uh, you wouldn't get a, get an actor to be a shadow at the end of episode one where you could get a, an extra who would cost i think um five pounds and five shillings and a penny uh whereas i think jeremy young cost 63 pounds so there we go that's a that's david rosen that young man uh who somebody tweeted me steve hi steve who i've never met one of those people you uh reaches out across the internet was was his neighbor and said oh you should interview this guy and and, and when i was doing who's around and moving around i i like the idea but i'd i'd actually got quite a few people from the dawn of who uh including warris hussein the director um, and a few of the camera personnel and people like that, and and I, and I sort of dropped that thread, and then when I was starting these podcasts, uh, uh, p- particularly the sister podcasts uh, to this one called um, Too Much Information, where I've started at the very beginning, I thought it would be great to speak to David, and sadly discovered that he'd, he'd passed away about eighteen months ago. Um, many opportunities like that I have not seized, um, uh, and I feel uh, uh, bad about. Um, I have to remind myself that I can't, I can't do everything and speak to everyone. But uh, seems extra frustrating when uh, something and someone is so close, um, and especially I think as as when you see somebody as a child and you think, oh well, they're a child, they'll be around forever. Um, which of course, time is slightly crueler than that, uh, and indeed, um, none of the adults uh, of guest cast apart from Jeremy Young as Cal is still with us so we have Derek Newick here doing a good job as czar it's a hard thing to be asked to do to rub a bone and shout at some sticks um and I I think the cave people actors in this do a really tricky job and they pull it off very very well uh I I, I'm, I'm I'm I've got a slight conflict of interests because uh, too much information at uh, the sister podcast to this um well done Derek Newark um that's that's hard and he really commits to it um uh, has has gone into these episodes in great detail and and part of what I do here as well as celebrating Doctor who I I hope is to impart some facts uh, or some observations uh, and I and I'm quite uh, look at that shot of the TARDIS on the landscape. Just something as simple as that, and the fact that it's a, a, a you know the first one or a, you know an early, an early piece. This is all history in the making. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm slightly wary that I've 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 given out a lot of information on this on the other podcast, which I know are the ones that people really like because they're the most downloaded. But they also are the ones that take the most work. So um, I hope you're enjoying these as well. Um, the feedback's been very nice, but everybody always says, "Oh, I really like." too much information well i bet you do they take forever so the tardis um has landed and here is this uneasy crew um hartnell in his hat uh so and i think originally originally it was planned that the tardis was supposed to break because of this journey um i don't think that's as blatant uh, here although obviously the rendering the crew unconscious uh, thing is not the usual modus operandi of the space time machine, which would get, which would get, which would cause a few problems. So yeah, here's uh, 
is 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 Barry Newbury's Barry Newbury has taken over as designer from Peter Brahatsky, who who literally only does the first episode. Uh, in fact, not literally, he because he he literally only does the pilot. Barry Newbury actually had taken over by the first episode, even though Brahatsky gets the credit. Um, I like the word charlatan. In fact, I had a when I was a student, we had a theatre company called Charlatan. Um, uh, d- there's a, a Doctor Who moment, a Doctor Who. Um, that's uh, I, I think that was added uh, later. Um, well, and indeed, um, a lot of the crew dynamic is the work of David Whittaker, not of Anthony Coburn, uh, the writer. I think David Whittaker uh, uh, polished some of the dynamics be- be- between everybody because they're working out um, the, uh, how, how, how these characters interact. It had a very comparatively long genesis really but isn't this i look the, the two women in the background the two men framing them in the foreground uh, I, I love the way all of all of this stuff is shot this does have such it, 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 you know that i mean they're, they're making history and they they don't really know it but again we, we we focus so much on that first episode these are still you know uh early steps um uh, and 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 uh, and having this crew dynamic um, is is really helpful. Each one plays the role, and and Ian's really the the hero, isn't he? He's the the identification figure. And I remember I've been looking for it, and I need to dig it out um, because there's there's a speech. Is it in the making of Doctor Who about twin sons circling over or something like that? That that was always thought to be that speech that Hartnell's just done, but it it it. It wasn't, um, and I remember seeing that and going, "Oh, that's not the speech. Where did that that, that speech from Hartnell, that famous Hartnell speech, come from?" Uh, that's I think in the making of Doctor Who, and it's it, it doesn't come from anywhere. They've made it up for the making of Doctor Who. I can't check my making of Doctor Who because Chris Chapman's got it because I sent it to him for a documentary, and I haven't had it back yet. I must make a mental note of that. Well, I've now made more than a mental note of it. Um, and I know that set wasn't especially deep, but it's it's good, and that that very white landscape is 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 effective. Um, so yes, I first watched this as part of the five faces of Doctor Who, and I remember being slightly disappointed. It seemed obvious to me, and I think I think the production team felt so at the time. It seems like going back to cavemen time seems. Oh, hang on, this is the first televised footage we have of the regular. TARDIS crew. This is the first thing they filmed that was broadcast. They did the pilot before this scene on the landscape, but the pilot wasn't broadcast. They then filmed this, and then they made the first episode that was broadcast. So this is the first stuff that they did, and it benefits from being on film. That's a that's a great uh, great uh, shot of the Doctor, you know, establishing for the first time. Oh. Why, you know, why hasn't the police box changed? Um, which is something that, you know, now is, is part of the, the DNA of the show. The, the, the TARDIS's chameleon circuit, cloaking device, call it what you will, is stuck 
is a 1960s police box, and that's the first time it breaks, uh, which, as I say, continues throughout the show, whereas the Doctor having a fag, it's not a fag, it's a pipe, uh, uh, is something that happens for the first and only time here. There's a great shot of the axe uh, in, in the foreground, and Jeremy Young is a brilliant casting because he's got that very... Um, a striking physiognomy and there's there's makeup involved there as well that's sort of accentuated the the the, the sort of crevices in his slightly roman nose he's a, he's actually a very um handsome man uh uh but they they but he he does have a very striking countenance that they've they've used to um that the, the, the they've very very cleverly highlighted in in order to make him look sort of rough-hewn and caveman-y and the wigs and everything helps as well and his and that slightly sort of jutting jutting jaw thing that he does uh it, and he's the first doctor who villain welcome jeremy young the first doctor who villain oh yes and so here's susan now uh re-emphasizing the fact that the tardis is stuck which marjorie norris in the guardian uh, rather sniffly said well i don't know why it's still a police box uh, i hope that will be explained in later episodes uh, you sort of go well marjorie it's actually explained twice in this episode so um so so yes the, the guardian getting the wrong end of the stick and being a bit superior that's never happened before and i say that as somebody who writes for the guardian but uh, I, I also uh, find it infuriating at times yeah anyway let's not get into that um uh it's it's sometimes all right to 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 want um popular culture to be in uh, you know and and entertainment to be intelligent and smart uh, but you can do that without being sniffy about popular entertainment a lot of which is actually more intelligent and smart than it's given credit for. That anyway, I don't know why I'm looking at the Guardian now, but especially as it's the Guardian from <laughs> sixty years ago. Uh, but nonetheless, um, s snootiness does nobody any good. Uh, there's nothing wrong with things being liked by a lot of people. That's that's sort of how democracy works. <laughs> and yes. Sometimes democracy gets it wrong, which is why Shut Up Your Face by Joe Dolce uh, got to number one and Vienna by Ultravox didn't. But there, there have been worse um, failings of democracy, but that's that's the one that springs to mind. <laughs> um, uh, I, I love this TARDIS crew. I think it's such a brilliant dynamic and I think they're all such good actors. Uh, I, 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 I do think poor old Susan and Barbara get to scream at slightly too much. Um, and and have to be still she has to sort of throw herself at the at the landscape there and 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 I think they they sort of iron that out a bit I I, I think it's at its at its acme here um, let's not say they don't do it uh, and of course we we are talking about something from a long time ago um, and the sand is cold because. Um, winter is coming which means that uh fire is very very important um i have tracked down another of these kids but i've not heard back yet um and there's eileen way as the old mother and uh oh they're having something to eat there uh derek derek newark as Czar and Howard Lang, later famous for the Aneedin line as uh, as Horg. Um, 
and and the incubus. That's I've 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 said this before, but I I, I look at the, the way these three characters are framed, and but I think the lighting in this this these these cave scenes is fantastic because you know people in furs grunting each other is is not uh you know isn't is not the most promising of 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 dramas but the but the i think the way that they've they've made up everybody's teeth everybody's grown up their hair a bit um but the the lighting the 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 inky blackness of the dark and then the 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 sort of the the light that shines on the sort of sweaty noses and on the contours of the faces is really really effective and i think i think if more doctor who of the 60s had been lit like this it it, it would be as i imagined it to be um uh you know so some of the stories that were was was slightly disappointing on first viewing was because i'd imagined them to have you know sort of ink, inky blackness and actually they were they were quite you know the contrast was 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 quite bland uh so you know i think i, I yeah i think the lighting and i've i've got an eye on you know what i'm going to choose as my favorite things um but the, and the, and and these and and i and i actually think i know that uh, anthony coben the writer wasn't sure whether he wanted the cave people to speak when he was originally planning it i think it would have been an absolute nightmare to to write and boring to write as well as well without being able to use dialogue and i actually think the dialogue that they give the cave people the language patterns that they give them you know they're not grunts but they're also not 20th century speak and and it's a sort of curious halfway house that that that, that has a has an attempt to give a sort of slightly simpler mindset um which doesn't necessarily make sense when you analyse. Uh, I know a bit later on, you know, they, they think that friend is Ian's name because he says I'm a friend, but they know what other words mean, but they don't know what the word friend means. But, um, but I think that also that that sets up that, that okay that they don't know what some concepts are. I think I I think I think they've with something that could be really unpromising and really hokey. I actually think they do the cave people ex extremely well. Um, even though the story is, you know, the the story is a relatively simplistic power struggle, um, I think it's better. It is definitely a better story than it is often given credit for. Partially because of this weird, sort of alien displacement that uh, that we have. Everything is everything is sort of st the the environment is inhospitable. I th I think I think early in Doctor Who's history it wasn't just the people and the monsters that they encountered that were dangerous if you think about marco polo where the sandstorms and there's the desert and they haven't got any water that the very environment itself we are pitched from the 20th century into strange times where we don't have our own things at our own disposal and the, and, and you know and then terry nation's planets are right or, or or the planets in you know, the, the different environments in in marinus the snow and the and the jungle the, the very world itself uh the, you know nature climate all of those things are as inhospitable as people monsters politics and i and i don't think the show is ever quite like that uh as consistently again I'm sure you can now think of examples, maybe. But um, I, 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 yeah, I do get the feeling that, that, that the idea that the TARDIS would p 
pitch us into into things where everything was a threat and the the only sanctuary was the ship and that's very much what this story is and in fact one of the cliffhangers is about oh we've nearly got home oh no we're gonna have to go back to the to the cave and all of that um and that's so wonderfully disorienting i think and must you know must especially have been for a for, for, for 60s viewers for whom a lot of television was you know um set in boardrooms and drawing rooms and people's houses and or or or, or the hist you know anything historical everybody was from that place like the, the the clash the clash of, of of ancient and modern i think is 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 disorienting and 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 a wonderful fabulous ju juxtaposition i mean that shot of the the tardis on the landscape is as i mean is as as perfect an encapsulation as doctor as you like you know a 20th century an, an ordinary 20th century site hoiked up and plonked somewhere totally where, where it is totally incongruous uh, and that's doctor who that's doctor who in a nutshell and the fact that it's a police box is a work is a is an idea of absolute genius um i mean i know we don't have them now but 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 uh, just aesthetically and and what it sort of represents uh is such a it's i mean it's a witty idea it's a cost saving idea the very core of doctor who is is a piece of genius the idea that the doctor's spaceship is what and also that it doesn't work properly which is why doctor who has always appealed to me a, a bit more than 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 things where where the heroes are in the best spaceship in the fleet and they're the best damn crew in the universe no these these are these are people surviving on their wits. They're a couple of school teachers, uh, and, and 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 a lunatic, and and uh, and a frightened but slightly strange eccentric uh, youngster, in in something that can travel through time and space, but not particularly efficiently. I love I love that. Um, and I, and I, I I still feel we can't quite get a grip on these episodes because not in the way that people could at the time because we know what what is to come imagine being there and i know a few people who were uh where this is the beginning of a journey oh to have been on it i mean i'd be a lot i feel my age now i'd be a lot older um uh, and, and hartnell is great isn't he he's such a good piece of casting and and, and he and he looks magnificent um Uh, uh, and 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 of course the idea that the that the doctor has something that we take for granted. I had matches. I can make fire with matches. We can make fire like that. And to these people, it is life and death. Uh, it is also power. Um, and but of course, then you've got the old mother in the corner. <laughs> she's the she's the troll. Going, everyone's going. Oh, we love fire. Fire would be brilliant. She's one goes. Well, I don't like it. Um, there's always somebody like that, isn't there, on <laughs> on any social media? <laughs> this is a brilliant thing. Yeah, well, it was better in the old days, um, or just or just I don't like it. Um, uh, and that's interesting because that wasn't always going to be the way that it was. The Doctor that saved Ian, um, but you know that kind of says, oh, the Doctor's that even though Ian is the traditional hero. I love this bit where Cal doesn't quite know how to articulate what it is that Barbara does to him. 
it's it's quite sort of adult and sophisticated and slightly dodgy. He clearly sort of covets her, but but it's not it's not done creepily or 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 sensationally. It's a bit more disturbing than that. It's got it's it's quite a sophisticated choice. Jeremy Young is excellent. Um, they're all. I mean, I think I think they're all great. Um, and there's a real, you know, um, Derek Newark looks like he's chewing on a piece of gristle. Jeremy Jeremy Young is g- g- keeps gradually trying to comprehend everything, and actually he's quite he's quite sad. I th- I I actually feel a bit of sympathy for Cal because he's the outsider and he's just trying to prove himself. And there is something rather forlorn about him. And then you've got this dynamic where. You know he can. You can. You can only have the chick if you if you make the fires are. Um, <laughs> I remember I, I. There's a comedian called Tom Stade who's very cool. He's a witty Canadian. He came to my house years ago uh, and, and said, "Oh, you got all the Doctor Who's. Show me. Show me the first episode." So we watched the first episode, and I thought that would be enough for him. And I and I certainly thought he doesn't want to watch the caveman, you know, rubbish or whatever. And he said, no, 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 show me the next one. So we watched this episode and, and I went, you've probably had enough now, Tony. He went, no, man, I want to see if, if Zar makes the fire. And we watched the whole of the Caveman four-parter, which is not a story I would ever choose to show anybody. Um, and he to- accepted it totally uncynically. Uh, uh, and uh, it, was, it, was, it was, I liked the approval because Tom is a cool guy and a brilliant comedian. And he's at my house um, having a smoke and, and watching the first episode, the first four episodes of Doctor Who, and, and absolutely taking them on their own terms. Uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, she's she's there on iTunes giving file one star. Everyone else is going. This is brilliant. It keeps us warm. We really like it. Uh, it cooks food. She's going. One star will kill us all in the end. Uh, she's she's the original. Keyboard warrior, <laughs> Eileen Way. Yes, Way. Um, love the way that Warris is saying shoots, uh, you know, through things and over things. And isn't there something about skulls and bones that are just creepy and uh, off-putting and unsettling, you know? And and I and I find that sort of ties in with what we're doing here. We're watching. You, you, you know, we're trying to touch the past, oh, and a lot of these people are, are are dead, and all of this stuff is, you know, dust dust in the wind. Uh, and 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 I find that whole experience of, you know, that this stuff is there forever and captured on film and on tape forever. Uh, and you know, we've met some of us have met some of these people, although, you know, William Hartnell was dead when I'd been alive for only a year so it never would have happened but 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 you know there's something about a skull which you know was once a person which was once um, somebody looking as an, an articulate and feeling things just as I am now in the same way that everything we're watching was once solid and color and the people were present uh, and now they're sort of dusty black and white evocative uh, recordings little snapshots, snapshots of history and I find that um, one quite moving, but 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 also quite upsetting, uh, 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 and also quite creepy and strange, um, and I think all of that is 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 encapsulated, you know, in in, in is is part of the the, the enjoyment of of Doctor, Who. and none more so than these three episodes because because they're the first 
you know, they're the initial footsteps uh, into the long history that we now have. Oh, I like that a lot. Uh, I think for this episode, it is good, isn't it? And it's so simple. I mean, the story is not up to much. And I think, and I think, you know, I think Verity Lambert and David Whittaker's disquiet, the producer and script editor's disquiet, uh, that the caveman story was perhaps not the the best way to kick off this series that they had high hopes for because they did i mean there's i know there's yes it only ran for it was it was only to run for 13 episodes well actually when they were announced doc two they say this is going to run all year they had they did have but I, I think we sometimes like to say oh it was just this humble little thing that stumbled into existence and and became a legend no that they, they, they had high hopes for it sydney newman the, the, the who who you know largely conceived it uh, although they had focus groups and things like that um you know was telling stuff this is going to be great and it's going to last a whole year um now there were people within the bbc who had other ideas and my god some of the design department people hated it um uh but but yes to kick off this series the idea of a sort of squabble in a cave um is perhaps not the most but it is it is what we see as the beginning of history it's the beginning of human history so i suppose it is appropriate uh, but it's telling that they've never gone you know they've they've never gone that far back they did david whitaker did try to have a caveman in evil of the daleks called og and and that, and that didn't happen so he he didn't learn <laughs> but but actually that's going to be my choice is i think the cavemen are better than we deserve i think it's quite a hokey idea uh, and as I say, I think they're in a story that's not the most fascinating or interesting or, or sophisticated. And yet the actors, and I think particularly Jeremy Young, Derek Newark, and as we will see later, she hasn't had a lot to do this episode, Alethea Charlton, who I think is quite extraordinary in some of the later bits, um, I I think do... Are absolutely committed but also make very very intelligent choices and it's not fun stuff to act actually ripe dialogue is good to act thoughtful philosophical stuff is good to act witty light stuff sort of grunting simplicity is not ever going to win you any awards um uh, uh, um you know that that as a that kind of lack of sophistication of character is 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 not showy um and does not is is not usually what people will sort of highlight as being you know great examples of the the acting art but i think these examples are because they actually shouldn't be um and and because and because of um I, and i think that the the way that the dialogue has has been rendered and the thought processes have been put in helps but i know that the actors also um worked on the dialogue to slightly coarsen it up and to add grunts and um but but also that bit with no dialogue that jeremy young did when he when he sort of approaches barbara is, is really unsettling and extraordinary so the the way that the cave people do their thing but particularly uh yeah that 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 sort of triumvirate um uh is going to be my thing for episode two what's jim sankster's jim it by the way is a very very nice fellow 
and I used to watch him on the telly and on DVD extras. I think, oh wow, imagine, imagine, uh, uh, you know, being in a position where you're asked to do that sort of thing. So I was very envious of Jim. So um, it was lovely uh, to meet him and find out he was such a nice chap and he's very clued up. Um, okay, Jim, what you got? My best thing that I love in the Cave of Skulls is the guest cast. And I know you'll mention this, Toby, because, well, it's you. So there's obviously Jeremy Young, who's the show's first villain, and he's self-serving, deceitful, murderous. He's a monster. He's fantastic. You've got Derek Newark, who's surprisingly sympathetic. We feel sad that he doesn't have the mental capacity to understand the time traveller's needs for freedom because he has to think of the needs of the whole tribe. And, and these are his ticket to becoming the firemaker. But the best of the lot is Eileen Way. She gives a beautifully grotesque performance as Old Mother. You know that bit when Old Mother tells Zar that fire will kill us all in the end? Um, and it reminds me of the fact that the next story takes us to a planet where the forests are ashen and most of the population has died out in a neutron war. They literally died in fire. So whether by accident or design, there's some lovely foreshadowing there. Uh, isn't that true? I, I think I'm allowed that because uh, I think I'm allowed that because I did mention them all, even though I highlighted, I think, the, 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 the three. Um, I, 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 I think I'm going to allow myself... Um, because I would say I said the cave, the way the cave people are portrayed. Um, I think we have enough crossover that Jim and I, and this is this is only going to be three episodes. So I, oh, it'd be nice if I come on, give me this. Um, so I think we go into episode three with it being one one point to me. Um, and I I do think that that is I love that observation that yeah the old mother. The, uh, the, the original troll, fire will kill us all in the end. And uh, as he says in the next story, that's, that's exactly what's happened to the denizens of, of, of Skaro. And that's, of course, lest we forget, what is hanging over 1960s, um, well, not just Britain, but the, the, the world. You know, the, the, the Bay of Pigs uh, wasn't too far away when, it, you know, people genuinely thought, I've talked to my mum about this, genuinely thought that the world could um, be subjected to a nuclear war that would wipe out lots of people. That was a genuine worry. So much so that a lot of people went on anti-nuclear marches. And amongst those on the anti-nuclear marches were members of the theatrical profession um, because actors can be a bit, uh, can, can be a bit uh, 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 demonstrative about their political views. Um, and amongst those on the Aldermaston marches against nuclear war was Eileen Way, uh, who is a committed uh, peace activist and left winger. And I like to think that on the Aldermaston marches, she held a placard high saying, fire will kill us all in the end. <laughs> it hasn't killed us yet. Um, uh, uh, but... Uh, Jim Sangster has helped to light the fire within me that uh, loves these episodes and indeed all episodes of Doctor Who. Thank you for joining me uh, watching these ones and uh, uh, I will see you uh, for a bit of alliteration in the Forest of Fear next time. But till then. Ta-ta. 
Thank you so much for listening to Happy Times and Places, which is presented by me, Toby Haydock. My special guest this time around is Jim Sankster. And I'd very much like to thank all the firemakers over at my Patreon page, the latest of whom are Alex Rowan, Colin Scamel, Richard Alt, Thomas Banks, Phil Chapman, Richie, Clive Lewis, Matt Newton, Peter Harness, William Keith, Kit Allen, Sabrina Tirabassi, Andrew Llewellyn, Daryl McLean, Barry Platt, and Mark Dakin. I'm grateful to them all, even though fire will get them all in the end. The music for this podcast is by Dave Gates. The podcast artwork is by Dylan Patterson. And when it hits YouTube, the thumbnail will be done by Gavin Rymill. I'm grateful to them all, and to you. Until next time, ta-ta. Uh, you can become a patron by going to patreon.com forward slash Toby Haydock, where you get exclusive releases, very early access to material, and a few extra odds and sods, and maybe even a badge. But mostly, you'll get my eternal gratitude. But I know that not everybody can afford to put their hands in their pockets at the moment, but you can put your fingers to your keyboards and give me a five-star review in whichever podcast outlet you receive this from, and leave uh, positive comments and all sorts of things like that. That really helps with my algorithms, and they could always do with a tickle. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel, Toby Haydoke, and if you'd like to do a one-off donation rather than a monthly thing, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash Toby Haydoke. And do also check out my website, www.tobyhaydoke.com, and perhaps come to my comedy night every Tuesday on twitch.tv forward slash excess malarkey, uh, which is uh, every Tuesday night at 8pm GMT. Myself and four comedians from around the world just doing comedy and stuff. Mm-hmm.